0: With your host Drew Kirby. Yeehaw! Okay, okay. Oh my God!
1: May I have your attention, please. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Dinning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis.
0: Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. ah uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5. Welcome in. What
2: a great day! Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've missed any of our shows. You can always get them on the app and listen on demand. Very simple. Now, today we got a great show. We're going to talk about safety when hunting. Fishing is still very hot right now, especially if you didn't draw a license. And Travis Glasgow is a local artist who uses a lot of outdoor landscapes and wildlife in his works of art. It's all coming up on this great show. Let's get it rolling.
0: Wyoming hookin and huntin outdoors. Anything goes extra fun. Woo! My country 955. Wyoming hookin and huntin outdoors on my country 955.
2: Well, Janet, we are back here. We're fully into September now, which means that archery seasons have begun and uh, rifle season will be starting very soon. And when it gets active, that means that more people are going to be out hunting, which means we need to review some safety terms.
3: Exactly. That's that's where we are, Drew, is we just want everyone to have a fun, safe Um, season, whether you're archery hunting or whether you're using a firearm, just lots of things to keep in mind.
2: Now, one of the things for sure is if you haven't ever taken any kind of a hunter safety course, that's your first thing you need to, to get checked off your list.
3: Absolutely. We do have something that's called our Hunter Mentor Program. So if you're just trying out hunting and you're not sure it's for you, check that out online and you can go with someone who has been certified in a hunter safety class in Wyoming. And so so that is an option if you have not taken the class and you need to get it before you go. But but there's lots of classes that go on um, throughout the, the year and including right now. So get your Hunter Safety Certificate. Um, So that you know how to handle a a firearm, you know, you know, when is a good shot to take, when is it not a good shot to take, all things that you can easily learn.
2: And that really is a good point there, too. Even if you don't plan on going hunting, you're going to learn a lot of things that are good for you. If maybe you do enjoy firearms, how to use that firearm and just going through this course is really good.
3: It is. I mean, and it's simple things like how to cross a fence. I mean, those are things that people don't think about. If you have a firearm and you're not sure, you know, if you're like me and you're stubby and you have to go through the fence, you never can go over the fence. It's, you know, how do you take that firearm off as you safely cross? How do you you know not hurt your firearm on the barbed wire etc. So there's lots of those little things that that you can pick up in the class as well as the biggies. When to have your your rifle loaded and unloaded. And so our game wardens have some really interesting stories about you know interacting with people who have a loaded firearm out in the field and maybe you know they were planning on you know antelope hunting and what yet yeah, here they're getting checked by a game warden. How do they safely you know, unload their firearms so that they can interact with with another person, and those are things that people sometimes just don't have the the mindset for. So it's you know it's pretty easy to to keep in mind, always treat your firearm as if it's loaded. You know, those are the the common knowledge. Whether it's in your vehicle outside of your vehicle, it is illegal in Wyoming to travel with a firearm that is loaded, and so a lot of people do that. And so so keep in mind as you're loading and unloading a firearm from your vehicle it could go off at any time and and just be aware of that
2: so we're in full-on archery season now but before long we'll be kind of intertwining the two seasons where rifle comes in and you can still do some archery hunting. So you really need to be prepared for that changeover as well.
3: Well, exactly. And and we do have rules and regulations in place, Drew, for, for all of those situations. So if you are a carrier of a type 9 license, which is an archery-only license, um, you'll be out hunting when it's just archery season, right? So those folks are typically all in camo. Um, they are not required at that time to have a, um, any blaze orange on that makes them highly visible. So, so they're going to be a little bit more difficult to see when you're out there. Right. But if they're hunting during, um, a firearm season, and that could be either muzzleloader or rifle. Um, they have to have on blaze orange. So they're much more identifiable, which makes the situation obviously much more safe for everyone.
2: Now, Jenna, what are a couple of other safety measures we need to uh, to cover <laughs> as we're getting to that port of the year?
3: Well, I think, you know, it's, it's depending on whether you're um, – out hunting with your party or you're hunting by yourself, you always need to make sure that that you're using the buddy system, right? Especially this time of year where we're kind of going from these 100 degree days down to a little bit more drizzly rain and cold nights. Um, people don't think about how quickly hypothermia can set in, what might happen to you even if people know where you are. So, you know, you're you're dealing with 80 to hundred degree temperatures, you're climbing steep mountains, maybe you're not in the best of shape, you're sweating a lot. And then it comes nighttime to go camping and maybe, you know, you cool down a little bit more. So so keep in mind that as these evenings get a little bit closer, you wanna make sure that you have the right clothes on and, and keep in mind just the general safety stuff. Buddy system is great. Always tell someone where you're going. Um, try to know, um, where you are at all times. You know, we're all getting so reliant on our electronic devices that sometimes we forget just the general, like, where are we? Where's that map? I'm not sure how to get out of here now.
2: If you have any more questions about safety, of course, the uh, wgfd.yo.gov is a great place to go, get up to date on all your safety, get your safety courses out of the way so that when you're ready to head out into the field, you're taken care of.
3: Absolutely. And don't forget, if you are archery hunting, make sure that you know your draw weights, whether you're hunting with a long recurved or compound bow. Those things have changed recently, and we want to make sure everybody's aware of this.
2: And again, go to the website and find it all out. <laughs> Janet, thanks so much.
3: Thanks, Drew.
0: Thanks to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My Country 95.5.
2: Well, Brian, I like it when we go out on location for uh, for our little segment here, and this time we've uh, come up to Casper Mountain, spending a little time in the outdoors. Uh, you're uh, just up here for the day, and I've been living up here for the week.
1: You are a true mountain man. <laughs> I am.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can drive right home, get in the shower yeah. real quick, drive right back. There you go. <laughs>
1: Everybody appreciates you more for that. Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that I've really noticed over the last few days being on Up here is uh, the bugs are out. And you know it's kind of an annoyance in that part. So I know you guys have a, a lot of different uh, you know bug sprays and and bug zappers basically.
1: Right. Yeah, we've got a little bit a little bit of everything for that outdoor you know whether it's flies or mosquitoes or whatever the case is. And the mosquitoes right now are pretty bad. It's not bad up here in the mountains, yeah. but uh, down in the lowlands, it's uh, it's pretty bad. And the flies over the last couple of
2: days have been they're almost biting flies. Makes me wonder if there's like a good rainstorm going
1: to happen. Yeah, I I don't know. The flies and the moths up here on the mountain have been uh, pretty rough all year. (laughs) So if
2: you're maybe going to take your hunting on the road and you're going to pack in, making sure that you have all the essentials that you need, and one of those is is food and uh, all that food that is freeze-dried you guys have.
1: Yeah, Mountain House is uh, by far kind of the the staple for a lot of guys in hunting season and that kind of stuff. And it's just good for just everyday survival, right? Um, Nice to have a couple uh, pack in the back of the truck truck in case you get stranded but uh, we've also carried another one called uh, peak refuel and uh, it's like twice the servings of mountain house and uh, guys are really liking that
2: and really all it takes is a little personal stove you heat it up usually and pour the hot water in and be done
1: yeah most most guys will just carry a little jet boil you know those jet boils they make some pretty neat little kits with some fuel and uh warm up some water dump it in and grab a spoon if you
2: have a little more space that you can uh, you take, maybe you're gonna take your truck to the campsite. Uh, Coleman stoves. I mean, I bought one that's a four-in-one that you guys are carrying.
1: Yeah, that one's kind of a cool. You can actually you can use the lid as a little walk, So yeah. if you wanted to, you know, take your your victuals and, and put some oil in there and you do a little stir fry. Um, but yeah, like we still carry all the Coleman road trippers. You know, the the tailgate type stuff. Mm. So if you're getting ready to go to UW games, now that was a good time to pick one of those up. Uh, now we are. T- talking
2: uh the fact that it's hunting season now so uh, i know a lot of people have been in looking for you know archery equipment and archery supplies and trying to get secured up but i know i talked to two people this week that were on their way in just to get decided in
1: because it's that time yeah, we're seeing kind of the mixed bag of, you know, some of those guys get out there first early season, but it's been really warm, and a lot of those guys don't like being out in this warm weather because it's really hard to care for that animal once you get it down. So there's a lot of guys that are kind of planning, you know, this this next week. It's starting to get a little bit cooler, and the end of the month, you know, a lot of guys take that last week of, of September off for that for their archery hunt.
2: And just to get there before all the rifles are out there,
1: really. Yeah, you know, um, we're hearing a lot of guys that have, have been successful in both antelope and elk already, uh, guys are saying that the uh, elk are bugling uh, they're not bugling for very long lengths of time like the, everybody's telling me like 15 to 30 minutes every morning and evening uh, the rest of the day they're they're hunkered up in in this tall timber
2: so they're not quite into that uh, i'm on fire stage and
1: well it's just so hot you know i mean it's it, it's hard uh to, to keep cool and you know with uh, as little water as we've had you know there's probably a lot of the existing wallows are probably dried up or so finding a good source of water for them is, you know, pretty critical.
2: And making sure that you have all your uh, exact stuff, you you know, you talked about the game bags and, and the equipment that you need to harvest those animals, so it's always good to come in and restock.
1: Yeah, you know we're um, we're fitting guys for uh, day packs and frame packs, and you know a lot of guys will get an animal down, but they just didn't realize how big that thing was, and so they're coming in for game carts, they're coming in for frame packs and uh, game bags, and just doing everything they can to get that animal out of the field. When you say fitting someone, like, are there if somebody goes out and
2: they they harvest uh, you know a, a bull that's a six by six or whatever, mm-hmm. so that's a pretty big.
1: Oh, oh yeah, it's a, going to be different yeah big animal and and in terms of packs i mean there's there's packs that are designed just for like a quick trip in quick trip out there's other packs that are larger and they have multi-functions where you know they actually have a meat bag attached to them so you can de- get back to your truck detach it you know now you've got a meat bag so you can haul go back in and, and haul larger portions of meat out so so
2: really if you need it for hunting rocky mountain discount sports has it come on in and check it out
0: One hunting outdoors, my country, 955. You
2: know, Brian, even though most people, some people, a lot of people are into their hunting garb now. They've (laughs) put away their fishing gear and now they've pulled out the bow, they've pulled out the rifle, they've sided it in. The camo is out, but that doesn't mean fishing's over.
1: Yeah, not all of us were lucky enough to draw a tag or have, the, have the, uh, the time to maybe hunt a general area. So, yeah, there's there's still a lot of great fishing to be had this year. Uh, we're pushing toward, it's hard to say this, but the middle of September already. Right. And
2: we're getting to the point where we're going to have our first snow very soon, I'm sure. At least the temperatures is going to drop really low. Uh, what can we expect to happen with, like, the walleye and, and the trout?
1: Well, uh, the bite really just kind of continues to get even better until first ice, in my opinion. Uh, the bite gets pretty fun. Most of the time on the walleye side, it's going to be a good vertical vertical bite. Uh, we're even catching fish, pitching plastics up at uh, Pathfinder. Um, so there's... There's still a lot of great opportunity on the on the trout side. I mean, this is one of the most exciting times of the year for a lot of the guide services, and especially through town. I mean, they're they're stripping streamers, uh, looking for big browns, and uh, the lower half of uh, of this uh, North Platte River is fantastic for that.
2: Now you mentioned Pathfinder. A lot of people have been concerned that uh, the water in Pathfinder is getting lower and lower and lower. Uh, I th- you were talking earlier that. 20% or so is probably the minimum that it'll be but that still means there's water for fish
1: oh yeah that I mean it's a huge reservoir system anyways um I don't know what the deepest point of that lake is but I mean it's it's big it's it holds a lot of water and uh, it it's sad to see it drop so low but it's really kind of a unique time i mean this is a a great opportunity to go out and grab your electronics and mark some structures and you know if you didn't know where jaws is uh in the past you can certainly see it now you can drive to it
2: i have heard that there are uh, some pretty rough spots right now and you mentioned the, the electronics we've talked a lot about that all summer long where you got to trust them because a it could save your lower unit on your boat or right. you know your boat and, and totally uh what What's the best type of electronics to, to use, especially if maybe you're a beginner and you're just trying to figure
1: it out? Yeah, I mean, I, both, you know, or the, the two main ones around here have been uh, Hummingbird and Lowrance. And I, I don't really have a preference over either one. They both do a great job. They both um, – no, nobody really has – pathfinder contoured very well um lake masters with hummingbirds has has some started on that um but really i mean now's the time where you whatever electronics you have you just go and put a waypoint you know and i use skull and crossbones on any of my structures that i think could be a hazard and so most of those are out of the water now but you can nose your boat right up to it move your cursor over drop a waypoint put your skull and crossbones and you can rename it you know hazard or rock and um that way like when that water does start coming up, no matter what level it is, you're going to know that there was something there.
2: And like you said earlier, the fact that you can see most of them now Mm -hmm. is a great thing. And you're out on the water, you know, not only you're out
1: there making sure that you're safe in the future, but you're still fishing. Yeah, we're still fishing. And really, I mean, you're just kind of looking for structure that you might fish, you know, when the water's 20 foot higher, you know, and now you're fishing on top of those rock humps that a lot of people just won't know about because they weren't there. When ice comes, uh, we've talked before that alcova is a little iffy
2: on ice, but Pathfinder really becomes uh, uh, you know a, a popular ice fishing place. Mm-hmm. Uh, does having electronics in a situation like that help you out?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on, you know, if you're using a handheld electronics or, you know, there's a lot of portable um, GPS units, you know, like Hummingbird makes a, a Helix ice version, which has a battery built into it. And, you know, you can use those in a boat or you can take them onto the ice. And so the advantage there is that you have GPS on it. So if, um, you know, I've, I've seen it happen in a lot of areas where all of a sudden you, you go out there and you punch a bunch of holes for ice fishing and one one hole produces really well. Well, it's probably not just because there's a school right there for no reason. There's probably some type of structure. So whether it was a rock hump or or a, a brake line or whatever it was the the fish are holding off of it so it's nice to be able to use you know some type of electronics that has gps to just mark that location so that next time you take that guesswork out instead of just randomly punching holes you you know work around that that particular spot it's
2: interesting people will go spend days and weeks you know scouting out their hunting areas Mm -hmm. i mean that's what you're doing when you're going out marking these spots
1: yeah. And it just, kind of depends on what kind of fisherman you want to be. You know, the, 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 ones that are successful in my mind are ones that, that move around, right. It's kind of like elk hunting, you know I mean? If you're just going to pick a spot and sit, you might be successful here and there, but if you're actively pursuing the bugle and chasing, chasing an animal, you might be a little more successful than just sitting in one spot. And the same thing with fishing, whether you're in a boat or if you're on the ice and, you know, sometimes we get lazy on the ice, you know, we, we punch our holes. We're like, yeah, we're just going to wait for those tip ups to go up, but you you know, the guys that are actively punching holes and sitting in a spot for 20 minutes and then moving to another spot. And it takes some effort because we usually bring a bunch of gear out with us, right? But if you, if you move, you're going to typically be a little more successful.
2: So making sure that you know what you're doing, where you're at, and, you know, trusting the electronics. We've talked about that all summer long. Uh, if you need help with any electronics, make sure you stop in and see them at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports.
0: Hey, it's Ruin. And- Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, where
2: we like to celebrate everything outdoors. Now, it's not just hunting and fishing, but the arts of Wyoming. If you've ever walked outside, looked up at Casper Mountain or gone to the Tetons and just looked at what we have right in front of us, it's amazing. But then you add work like Travis Glasgow does where you kind of take a couple of different options and superimpose them and work them together, it'll blow your mind. And, Travis, welcome back to the program. And it looks like you've been a busy character.
4: Thanks for having me. I've been out taking lots of pictures. I went to Grand Teton National Park this summer. Got a lot of good content for my art.
2: Now, what I love about your art is it's mostly all Wyoming uh, landscapes and – Subjects. So you've got bison and you've got elk and you've got bear and you've got all these different Wyoming based uh, things and you merge them together. And, uh, and the way you do that with that superimposed is, is so intriguing to me.
4: Well, I use, well, yeah, I take, I take my photographs, mostly landscape pictures. Um, sometimes I collaborate with, with local um, wildlife photographers. But I take my landscape images and, and blend them into wildlife, and I do that on Photoshop.
2: So one of the There's things a lot of one of the things that I was just talking about a little earlier was you could have an elk picture on your wall, and, you know, it, it looks great. But when you have one of your elk pictures on the wall, it adds more color and more options, I think, than just that Plano elk up there.
4: Right. You're getting a landscape image as well. So you're getting... With my Teton elk, for example, you're getting uh, the landscape image of the Tetons blended into into the wildlife. So I think it adds a lot more flair um, to to any space really
2: when you When you're thinking about the opportunities that you have in front of you, so you go to the Tetons and you take some pictures and do you automatically feel like, man, if I had an elk or if I had a wolf? that 's exactly what needs to go in there, or does it kind of just work itself out? It just kind of works itself out,
4: yeah, so you know i 'll take i 'll go through all of my images and then kind of determine which images will match with the wildlife, and sometimes it just depends on you know if it's if it 's a vertical um, image or if it 's a horizontal image, and how that fits into the wildlife
2: and it 's so cool I mean, I was just scrolling through some of your newest uh, works of art. And it just is really mind blowing is the word that keeps coming back or the phrase that keeps coming back to me because
4: it, you just take it to that next level. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I was, Like I said, I hopefully um, soon I'll be able to collaborate with some local wildlife photographers as well.
2: Now, of course, Rugged Beauty is one that has been really your staple uh, for a, a couple of years now and is Rotated around from museums in the Capitol, and it's it's all over the place. And uh, you have a bunch more uh, new opportunities that are are happening with you, with uh, even having some fabric made.
4: Yeah, so I've uh, signed a contract with Hoffman Fabrics, and hopefully, I'll be on all kinds of fabric. Probably this this winter, actually. That's when they want to roll out some of my my I guess my winter themed. Designs.
2: So how will, how will that be an opportunity? Like, what will people be able to do with this fabric?
4: They'll be able to go to a local retailer, and then they can buy the fabric. I'm not sure exactly what kind of fabric Hoffman will print on, but, you know, we're talking pillows. We're talking, um, you know, sheets, um, any sort of bedding, things like that. Um, it'll be available.
2: Uh, That's kind of cool. Did you ever think when you started this, that that was going to be what happened where uh, people could really be sleeping with your works of art?
4: No, no, I didn't think it would actually be on fabric at all. I was just thinking, you know, printing out on canvas and, and, uh, you know, metal prints and things like that. It's so, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of different options for my designs and in different mediums that it can be printed on. Which it's is great.
2: It's so cool to see that, uh, you know, because right here in Casper, we have such a great art scene and you have kind of your own uh, variation of the art that, that we have here. And I think it's so cool that people can go to 307store.com and check out all of the updated work. You've, like I said, you've got a, a whole lot of new opportunities for people to check out. And when they go there, they can actually buy these prints.
4: Yeah, they can buy them um, anywhere from, you know, smaller sizes to large format prints. Um, like, you know, I mentioned before the Delta Lake Grizzly, that's a new one. Um, I have a trout blended into the North Platte River. That's a new one that I did this summer. And then there's a couple others on there as well. That's awesome.
2: Well, if you uh, are on Instagram, you can go check them out at 307store.com, all spelled out, and look at the work and then go over and buy some of the prints and, and check them out. And uh, Travis, it's, it's awesome to talk with you again, and I love to see that you have uh, new art coming out all the time, and you're keeping yourself busy.
4: Yeah, it sure is a lot of fun. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Uh, Very good.
2: And we're going to post some of these pictures up so that you can go kind of have a preview of uh, what Travis does right there uh, at our station app. And Travis, we appreciate it. Well, thanks, Drew. Yeah, thanks for talking to me.